like it. Okay, if you can't hear me, I'll move over there. Uh, well, follow that after all that's happened before, but uh, it's good to see so many of you here this morning. Uh, just from a brief glance at the Christmas story in the Bible, you can't help noticing that in the centre of it all is a baby. Now, I don't know how you feel about babies. I mean, some of you ladies, there's a baby around, you're just uncontrollable. Uh, but some of us might, might maintain a bit more of a, an intellectual detachment uh, to the subject. But certainly in the Christmas story, the baby does seem to get an unusual amount of attention. Rough, tough shepherds, as soon as they hear about him, leave their flocks and hurry to see him. When they see him, they get so excited that they're they're praising God and telling everyone about him. Wealthy, elderly gentlemen travel for weeks to see him. When they find him, they're overjoyed as they bow, in fact, probably kneel before him. I imagine the creaking of ancient joints as they kneel down before the baby. When they find him, they're so overjoyed and they they worship him. But isn't that that going just a bit far, just for a baby? What's the big deal? Of course, the answer is, the baby is Jesus. He's God. Imagine him in all his power and glory. One of the titles that the Old Testament gives him is, is Mighty God. And yet, what did this mighty God do? He became a tiny baby. 29 years ago, Sue and I had a baby boy. You learn things, don't you? You realise, to begin with, the only way a little baby can communicate is by crying. It's up to you to guess why. Now, if I remember right, uh, it could be the need changing, or the need feeding, or the need winding, or all three, and you've got to work out what. You can see I've got some expertise in this area. (laughs) But isn't it really, I find it hard anyway, to imagine what it was like for Jesus, who is God, to become a helpless little baby. Totally depends on his parents for feeding, for his toilet needs, for cleaning him up. And everything undignified like that. Jesus, who was God, unable to walk, unable to speak. Imagine God not able to go anywhere unless he was carried. Not able to say a word. He who is the word. In a cold, smelly stable. And that was only the beginning. The Bible tells us that throughout his life, he made himself nothing. He became a nobody. He gave up his status. He gave up everything. He humbled himself, coming down to be a baby, and then throughout his life just going down and down until he could sink no lower to the level of dying the most shameful, humiliating, agonising death on a cross like the worst of criminals. He was completely innocent, and yet he was ill-treated, falsely accused, mocked, jeered at, spat upon, scourged, nailed to a cross by the very people that he'd come to save. And yet, he did it. He went through with it. He allowed all of that to happen to him, 
to serve us. And then he rose again. But that's a different story for Easter. He did it for us. Jesus chose to suffer and die on that cross for us. Because it was the only way that our sin could ever be paid for and that we could be saved. That's why that baby is the most wonderful gift there could be, as well as being the costliest gift of all. Imagine you're buying a present for someone that you love. You're going to give some serious thought to what you get, because you want to get them the very best. Maybe something they need, certainly something they'll be delighted to receive, whatever the cost. And you get the present you've chosen, and you wrap it carefully and lovingly. But then, when you give it to them, they ignore it. They don't even bother to open it. They just put it to one side, put it on a shelf, and forget all about it, and never open that present that cost you so much. Imagine how you would feel. Maybe that's how God feels after giving us his G- giving us Jesus, his one and only son. But rather than feeling sorry for God, what about us? Here was our one chance to be forgiven for everything we've ever done, rather than face an eternity in hell. Here was our one chance to spend eternity in heaven, rather than be condemned forever for our sins. And most people ignored it. As we finish, we all have a choice. And the consequences of that choice couldn't be greater. Either spending eternity in perfect happiness with God in his love, or being cut off completely from God's love and being condemned to suffer forever (coughs) for our sin. God has done everything he could, far more than we had any right to expect. He sent his son, Jesus, who paid that enormous price of dying for us. And now he simply offers you the gift. He's just waiting now for you to receive it, to accept it, to receive Jesus, to ask his forgiveness, to say sorry, to invite him into your life, to stop going the wrong way, and start going the right way, his way. If you'd like to know more, we'll be happy to talk with you or pray with you after the service. And if you come along here on a a Sunday, week by week, you'll hear us often speaking about what's involved in getting to know Jesus and following him. And in the new year, we're hoping to run a series of informal sessions for anybody who wants to know more about what makes a Christian What's involved in following Jesus? And hope that will be help to pe- helpful to people. And all are welcome to that when we do that. But in the meantime, may God bless you all and give you a wonderful Christmas.